Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, this is an Arscast announcement regarding the Arscast pricing approach. The price of the Arscast will go up by approximately 4% from today, in line with inflation. In addition, the 2.5% rise in VAT brought in by the government earlier this year will also be added. Arscast Chief Executive Ars Blogger said, We thought about this increase, the first in 200 episodes, very carefully. We understand fans are facing rising costs in many areas of their lives, and their Arscast faces the same issues. We have acted responsibly over the years to balance the impact of even inflationary increases on Arscast fans, with the rightful demand that we compete at the highest bitrate level, and we will continue to do so. In the meantime, a number of significant new Arscast benefits have already been decided. An extra three minutes will be added to the average Arscast, as well as an exciting new feature called Fill the Silence, in which you imagine something funny and entertaining. Coincidentally, this will also be three minutes long. Chances are it'll be funnier than anything that Wogan-sounding cunt can come up with anyway. A new phone line for your comments has been added. Pulse charge at 150 per minute plus 4 pounds per text message. You agree to sign up to a 50 text bundle when you call. And finally, every listener will receive a personal home visit from Sylvester, which will have a guaranteed happy ending. Oh, baby. So now, insert your coins and get ready for an... Wait, 6.5% of nothing is... Nothing. Fool. Should have put it up 10%. Hello there, welcome to a brand new Ars Blog Ars Cast, right here on arsblog.com. I hope you're well. It's a an important arsecast. Well, it's not an important arsecast. It's a significant arsecast. Well, no, it's not even significant. It is pretty much the same as any other arsecast, only the number of it is significant. It is number 200. The 200th arsecast. Who would have thought all those years ago when I started the arsecast that I still wouldn't have found anything better to do. But uh can't complain. Here we are. And for those of you who weren't around for the very first Arscast, well, well, here's, here's what the first bit sounded like. So what's an Arscast, you might ask? Well, you know the way the blog is just me writing some shit and you come along and read the shit and everybody likes the shit? Well, an Arscast is just me 
talking shit instead. Uh, you can subscribe to the Arsecast through iTunes if you have that on your computer. So every time there's a new one, it automatically downloads into your iTunes music library. Also, you can uh, subscribe through your favorite RSS reader. And if all that sounds far too technical for you, then that means it probably is. You can just download it directly from the website every time there's a new one. <coughs> and I think you can see the difference um, between then and now. Number one, my voice is broken. Number two, uh, I've got a microphone that's actually fixed to a microphone stand. Then I didn't have a microphone stand. I had this microphone, which um, I either had to hold in my hand or I had to sort of balance it precariously inside a pint glass. Generally an empty pint glass, I should point that out. Uh, But I had to sort of balance it there and, and try and talk into it. And number three, well, you saw I've cut down on the reverb slightly. I mean, everyone loves a bit of reverb. It's true. And Lord knows, I'm a big fan of flange. If there's flange to be had, I'll have it. But generally speaking, there was a bit too much reverb back then. And the theme tune was different. I couldn't even play the start of it because the theme music was so high and the voice was low and all that stuff. But there we are. 200 episodes later, and well, we're still here. Both of us. And I've got beer. As is always the way this week, uh, it's Goose Island Hunker's Ale. And there's a big fuck-off goose on the front of the bottle. And it's rare to see a goose on the front of a beer bottle. And it's nice beer, too. So thank you very much indeed to Goose Island, who I hope are going to send me a case of it free from now on. Uh, On this week's show, loads to get through. I've got Gunnar Hollick here. Uh, He'll be along in a while to talk about all the bits and pieces. Uh, Internet Joe, Mick Bentner, R. Shavin is here. Uh, we'll be looking ahead to the Stoke game. We'll be looking back to what's happened between the last Arscast and this Arscast. Plus, I'll give you the competition winner. Somebody has won a, uh, a something, an item of their choice from the Arse Blog online store. I'll give you that, plus details of how, via the store, you can win yourself an exclusive Arse Blog engraved iPod. True. I have them right here in my hand. Listen, I've got... Yeah, there they are. Uh, And I'll give you details of how you can win those. And uh, I suppose the usual bits and pieces of waffle between now and the end of the show. So, between the last Arscast and this Arscast, well, we only went and beat Man United, didn't we? Said it last week, it would be just typical of this team to do what they did in the lead-up to this game and then beat United. Not that I'm complaining, uh, because I always enjoy beating Manchester United. I really do. And I'll tell you the one thing that didn't really get any mention between uh, the win and today or on any of the blogs. I didn't really see it. But do you remember a moment in the first half where Evra gave Jack Wilshire a clip around the ear? He kind of gave him a cuff. Like, remember when you were in school? Maybe some of you who weren't in school as long ago as I was. But if you were talking in class and the teacher was there behind you or the priest or whoever it was, uh, amongst other things that he might do to you of a physical nature, the old clip around the ear was one of them. And Evra did that to Jack Wilshire, maybe about uh, halfway or two thirds of the way through the first half. And Wilshire turned around and sort of called him a fucking prick as he was going back up the prick. You fucking prick. Uh, And I've kind of lost my point here. I know that this was leading to something, but I've forgotten exactly what it is. No, absolutely forgotten. Anyway, the point is, let's bring it down to its very basic level. The point is, is that Evra is a prick. And he clipped Jack Wilshire around the ear, but Arsenal won. And maybe that was justice for Evra being a cunt. 
Although, if there are any justice, real justice for the magnitude of Evra's contosity, he would be paid a visit by some U.S. Navy SEALs whilst Obama and Hillary Clinton watched on. But that's neither here nor there. But it was good to watch. And absolutely wonderful to watch Aaron Ramsey score the winning goal, having had so much of his career, 14 months of his career, really put on hold after Lenny did what he did to him. Uh, It was great to see Ramsey come back and play so well in a game of that significance. And that's something that we can uh, come across with Hollick in the next uh, few minutes as well. The other big talking point, of course, was the price rise, the season ticket rise, and the reaction to that from Arsenal fans. And it hasn't, as you might imagine, been particularly positive. Um, Nobody likes to pay more for things they didn't pay as much for the day before. If you get what I mean. And that, again, is something uh, that we can go over with the Holic in due course. But now, uh, to take us closer to that, I suppose we'll talk to Internet Joe. I'm Internet Joe, and here's me 30-second roundup. Ah, that's right, Arsenal. Pressure's off. You just step up there and win a game. That's how you do it, you know. You play better than the other team. Couldn't do it against Blackburn. Couldn't do it against Sunderland, Birmingham, Newcastle, West Brom. No, just save it for United when nothing's left to play for. As for that 6.5% increase, James, tell you what, they better not fucking put in the price of my internet. They'd be fucking hell to pay then, I tell you. More from Internet Joe on next week's Arscast. Still to come, well, loads of stuff still to come. Uh, but now, time to move on to this week's guest, and it is from GunnarHollick.com, the one and only Gunnar Hollick. Hello there. Hello there, blogs. Thanks for having me again, especially on a special occasion. I'm honoured. 200. Mm-hmm. Nearly as old as you. Yeah, very close. <laughs> it's not far off. Let's talk about Manchester United, because in some ways it was a, a quite a bittersweet victory. You can't not enjoy a win against United. At the same time, the game didn't quite have the significance that everybody had hoped. Um, I hear where you're, where you're coming from there. Uh, for one who had the good fortune to be there on Sunday and enjoyed every last minute of it, I'm clinging on to that last little clutch of straw that the result has given us. (laughs) Although, having written beforehand, I thought even if we won and I thought we would win, I didn't think that Manchester United won't get four points from their last three games. I still don't think that, you know, they're they're bound to do it. Mm. We have got a little bit of hope out of it. And what was most pleasing about the result for me was the fact that we... I'd said that the first half was a typical Arsenal first half, all of the ball, uh, a lot of pressure, but not many clear-cut chances. And how many times in the past when we've played them do they throw two or three breaks at us and all of a sudden we've lost a game and we're wondering how. But then it was us that got the goal on Sunday in the second half. And I thought thereafter we're expecting to be under pressure big style and I'm expecting to be getting more and more nervous and in fact I was getting more and more relaxed because the goalkeeper kept goal the defenders defended Song obviously felt some sort of extra responsibility from being behind that young central midfield pairing, didn't put a foot wrong, marked Rooney out the game it was a fantastic afternoon to be there, I hear what you're saying about you know it doesn't necessarily mean a lot but it means something. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I, I was trying to say, because you, you can't not uh, love beating them. And I think, you know, were the situation reversed, people will be asking questions of our character. They'd be saying, well, why didn't they turn up 
you know, on a day from United's point of view, because, you know, they, they, they really weren't at the races that day. Let's talk about Aaron Ramsey, because obviously uh, his goal is his first since returning, and it's been 14 months since that injury against Stoke, who we'll come to a bit later on. Um, mm-hmm. He had a fantastic performance against the champions. Uh, well, the champions elect, I should say, uh, and showed all the promise and potential that people have seen in him. And, and that's why people have a great deal of high hopes in him. But one thing that struck me was, was sort of the aftermath when people were dissecting the win and dissecting the game and saying, well, look, we've got Ramsey now. We've got Wilshire. Uh, that pretty much leaves the door open if we want to sell Sesk. And there's a, a, an element of short-termism there that sometimes the new thing or the different thing is is always viewed as something better. And perhaps it would be better from an Arsenal point of view, and I'll just throw this out there as something crazy, to keep Sesk and Ramsey and Wilshire and and have that as a midfield to be feared for seasons to come. I think you've got three distinct branches there, all of which warrant something of an answer. Ramsey, let me be the first to... I haven't said on my blog, I've worried up until last weekend, though, that having seen him a few games at Forest and Cardiff and a couple of comebacks with us, I really worried about whether he was going to come back from that injury. And Sunday showed that without any question he's going to. And I hope this Sunday he gets another chance to go to Stoke and lay that bogey to rest and hopefully score the winner and leaving Shawcross on his ass. Yes. That's that's entirely a different thing. Hats off to the boy. I thought he was outstanding on Sunday and I doubted whether he had it anymore. And I was wrong, as wrong as wrong could be. In terms of the the then projecting onto in replacing Cesc Fabregas in the midfield going forward and allowing us to bring some money in perhaps for Cesc, uh, I would have to say no. You, you can't sacrifice your best players when you're in a situation where you've come so close to achieving something this season. And possibly one of the reasons we haven't gone that final step this season was the fact that Fabregas has had another post-major championship season where he has certainly in the second half of the season rarely been at full fitness I think he's been played because we didn't have Ramsey for much of the season I think he's been played when under other circumstances he might not have been played Mm. and and that's had an effect and so I think you know I can see that people one or two people are getting down on him and looking at, well, you know, if someone does pay the money that we want, then perhaps it will get one or two players out of it. I would far sooner see him retained on the basis that this summer, hopefully he's going to get a little bit more rest. And that goes on to the third part of the, the, the conundrum now, is it's a summer when Jack Wilshere, who should be getting some rest, probably isn't because Stuart Pearce, who is the most... Oh, I can't begin to describe what I feel about that man taking Wilshere. And, all right, I'm not worried about anybody else because Wilshere's the Arsenal man. But to take a lad who's played as many games as he has in basically his first full season, to then take him to an under-21 under championship that few give a toss about and to use him in that, which means he's now going to miss a pre-season with Arsenal because you know Arsene Wenger's going to give him a full six-week break. 
Uh, I, I, I just cannot understand the reasoning, particularly when Pierce puts up Theo Walcott as an example of someone who's done it before. And when he did it with Walcott, he knackered him for the season, not only for the coming season for Arsenal, but he cost him his place in the World Cup the following summer. Mm. And has to look at that and reconsider. But no, under those circumstances... Uh, willingly losing Sesk, I think, is a big mistake. All right, with you there. Now, let's talk about the other big issue of the week, which is the ticket prices and the rise in season tickets, 6.5%. And the club, from what I was told, were in serious consideration of not going through with this. Yeah. Um, and then the United win. I don't think it was just the United win. I think, obviously, there's there's something going on. But we know from what's been said by the various supporters group, by the Arsenal Supporters Trust, by ASA, who, interestingly, I, I tried to get on the podcast this week. I contacted them and nobody got back to me because I'd, I'd like to have had a voice on this from one of the supporters groups. Oh, it's second best then. No, no, I meant as, as <laughs> to augment your talents, if you wouldn't mind. But um, they knew, the club obviously knew the depth of feeling that was out there from the supporters groups, from the various fans, Coupled with, you know, the, the, the lack of feel-good factor. And we have to admit that, you know, the last few weeks have been very difficult because of the way we've gone out of tournaments, the way that we uh, left ourselves get out of the title race. You know, there's a lot of anger and frustration out there. The club were aware of this. And from a PR point of view, it was always going to be a very hard sell, even if we come in with a Carling Cup or something this season. So did um, my my thinking, well, I'm trying to understand why they went ahead with it anyway. It, it, does it put a lot, a lot more pressure on the club this summer to actually go and spend money? Because whether or not the two things are related, it is what's going to appease people. If they see they're going to have to spend more, but they see the club invest more in the playing side of things and, and not just give higher wages to players who they don't feel necessarily deserve them, then it might be a bit easier uh, to swallow. Here's the problem, of course. You've got, again, a variety of issues which are affecting each other, which are really kind of really different. The, the ticket pricing issue, I can understand it from all sides, and I think the club have not looked at it in a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, in a sympathetic way, mm. because I think there's a, a, a mix in the supporter base where a 6.5% ticket increase price isn't the worst thing in the world. And, you know, I, I, I myself said last night in the piece that I wrote, isn't that, well, next season it might mean that I, I don't get a programme or I might buy a roll in the pub instead of a pie in the ground because I only have so much money to spend on a game, but I'm still going to be able to afford to go. Sure. But I do feel for people who have, you know, long-standing supporters who are really kind of pushing the boat out now in order to get to as many games as they can. Now, at a time when incomes are coming down, when people are losing jobs for prices across the board to rise, I think was a foolish thing for the club to do. But let's look at it from their point of view. They have one opportunity a year to do this and to meet their budget requirements where I think they went really wrong was to affect every single supporter the same way. 
I don't know the answers per se, but I think there were ways that they could have looked at the situation and said, okay, well, look, we're going to bring down prices maybe for junior gunners so that families can still afford to go because the increase will net off. Maybe there was something they could have done for senior citizens. Maybe they can include, include the unemployed in that corner of the ground where the junior gunners and the senior citizens sit. I I don't know the answer for sure, as I say, but I think there were more creative ways for Arsenal to come at the situation. Mm. They had to do something in their own mind now or leave it for 12 months. I understand the business decision behind it. I just think they haven't thought very deeply about it. It is going to affect people, obviously, um, and and there is the argument, you know, that that you make that you the compromises, for example, so you you can afford to go to the game, but you're not going to buy a program, or maybe you're not going to buy uh, food and drink inside the ground. That's and I think, the lucky ones who can still afford that increase. Correct. Yeah. Uh, um, it does affect uh, uh, generations as well, in the sense hmm. that even though younger people have more disposable income now than they ever did. And let's not, let's not uh, ignore the fact that teenagers these days can buy 50 euro video games and 100 euro pairs of Nikes and, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. It, it is difficult to grow the next generation of support if the pricing structure doesn't fit um, with the younger generation, because they need to be able to justify spending the money themselves. You know, if they do have it, they'll go. But I mean, it's not something they can do every week. So is there a danger that in the long term, um, in the short to medium term, everything will be fine. But in the longer term, you you sort of get a different type of supporter. Um, you've got supporters who who have grown up perhaps close to the club, but who've never been to a game or who follow only on television or internet streams and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and it, it's going to present, whether or not they get them into the ground, it's going to present new challenges. Yeah, I, I think unless they find the answer to the problem of bringing the generations through, in very general social terms, there are obviously yeah. families for who their kids can't. It's not a problem, but there's an awful lot of families for who their kids are. And there's this age group, of course, when kids come past the junior gunners phase, when they go off and they become students, where they can't afford to go at all, no matter what you do for them. They haven't got that when you're at university, you're not going to have that money for football, and maybe that's a good thing. And then they get married and they don't get back into it. I think it's kind of we're in danger of getting into a state where you're going to have a ground full of kind of 9 to 18-year-olds and then 30 to 80-year-olds, and there is going to be a missing generation in there somewhere if we're not careful. But I think going forward, clubs have to understand this, and I'm sure some way they're, they're going to find a way of correcting what is clearly not right at the moment. But I hear what you're saying. You're right. I hear the, the you know the the people who are involved with the black scarf movement, or the people who originated the black scarf movement. I have absolutely no qualms with what they're protesting about, knowing who they are and the background that they come from. Um, but yeah. 
we have to do something for more than just the old school supporters, like you say. We have to do something for the next generation and keep the youngsters coming through the club. They're going to have to be a bit more creative about their pricing. Yeah, and I think we should say, um, regardless of what people or how they reacted to to this week, it's not just a problem for Arsenal. I think it's a problem for football, well, football in general. Uh, yeah, and look, I... I you know, you read we're because we're trying to push those price increases through on the back of the things you mentioned earlier. It's all being mixed within with the well, they haven't won anything, well, they haven't bought any, but and they're kind of different issues are being lumped in together. Let's take this pricing issue out, deal with it as one. Mm. The club handled it badly, they could have done it better. Supporters are feeling affronted, and I understand that. Yeah, well, I think there'll be uh, no shortage of people who will let the club know that. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, given the, the responses that you know we've seen uh, online and emails I've received and I'm sure you've received and, and everything else. And the thing is, regardless of what Ivan Gazidi says about uh, looking into the pricing uh, structure and all that kind of stuff, prices very, very rarely go down. So we'll have to wait and see what they can do to offer that. Let's look ahead very quickly to Stoke on Sunday. Uh, we already spoke about Aaron Ramsey. There is undoubtedly an enmity between the two clubs right now. The managers don't get along. The players certainly have issues. Uh, our style and Stoke style, it's chalk and cheese. We sort of rub each other up the wrong way. Fans don't like each other. And then there's the big lumbering Lenny who uh, inflicted that injury on, on Aaron Ramsey. So it's really set up to be uh, a big game on Sunday, even though it might have no bearing whatsoever on the title. Uh, there's an element of character to be shown here from this Arsenal side. They'll remember the last time they went there. Um, they've got to step up and, and perhaps just keep the bit of goodwill going until the end of the season. Yeah, and as you say, what they did last season after the coming together, shall we say, of the poor, unfortunate Shawcross, and I do feel for how he's suffered in this last year. God, God love him. God, I mean, yeah. the poor guy. I don't know how he's got through it, quite frankly. No, I mean, we saw Lou Macari during the week talk about it. I mean, it's shocking that Ramsey has never apologised for hurting his foot yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, like you say, the way we reacted to that last season is exactly what you want to see carried on on Sunday. Um, but not for that. Let's try and take out the, 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 the heat if we can beforehand because... It's one of those games on Sunday where the side that retains its discipline is almost certainly going to get the three points. And you do hope and pray that, I can't believe I'm going to say this, 
but that Stoke are going to be distracted because they're going to the cup. Stoke going to the cup <laughs> final. I'm not saying that, am I? Yeah, you are, unfortunately. <laughs> this is... I can't... Under, oh, no. But, but yeah, the, the side that keeps his discipline the best on Sunday will win. Um, we have had some issues in that department when things have got excitable in the past. But, no, I, I, I think we're professional. I think it will be drummed into the guys. I think it will actually be drummed into both sets of players on Sunday that uh, an awful lot of eyes will be on you. Mm. And what tends to happen on occasions like this is I'm not going to say it's going to be like a training game, but I think players on both sides will be making sure that challenges, even some stiff challenges, are pretty fair. So uh, I, I go back a long way, and I remember when we had a street fight with this Italian mob Lazio back in 1970 in the first cup, and the second leg at Ivory was built up as though it was going to be, you know, the next the third world war and in fact <laughs> the game turned into it they might as well have played with a tennis ball I have a, I'm hoping that maybe Sunday goes the same way I say I'm hoping am I really aren't people looking forward to someone grinding someone from Stoke into the dirt yes <laughs> I know I am where, where would the Holic Pound be tempted by a Ramsey winner uh, it'll be I'll, go, I'll certainly have a look and see what the odds are for him to score at any time um, winner, you're tying yourself down a bit, but we're getting into an area now. This isn't, you don't do gambling blogs. No, I don't, but you know, I'm just. I'm... <laughs> the smart money isn't necessarily on first goals and last goals. All right, okay. All right. Well, we'll see. I'll keep my fingers crossed for that because I think everyone would like to see it. Uh, I think perhaps we might like to see Ramsey score the goal that is the icing on the icing yeah, on the absolutely. icing on the cake. I think that would be, be a better one. All right, Gunnar Hollick, we better leave it there. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, thank you, blogs. Please do go check out Gunnar Hollick at GunnarHollick.com or you can find him on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the Gunnar Hollick. I'm sure most of you are already aware, but for the uninitiated, you will find a world of reading pleasure and Tottenham baiting with that man. So do please go check it out. Still to come, loads to get through. We've got Mick Benner. We've got a look ahead to the Stoke game. We've got the winner of last week's competition who wins an item of their choice from the Arsblog online store. Uh, maybe because it's the 200th Arsblog cast maybe i'll do another competition maybe i will maybe i will actually i will and something quite cool as well i'll give you a chance to win something um and uh, what else i don't know i'll probably call shawcross a cunt between now and the end of the show so stick around for that but now here is our shaven hello i am our shaven and uh, this week have a uh, good week because uh, many happy to beat Man United, but today only want to say happy birthday to Arskest, which is 200 birthday. This is how is word coincidence because 200 is also number of pounds that is Arshavin. But don't tell Winger. So, uh, happy birthday to Arskest. And now I will play snippet of traditional Russian birthday song.
Maybe it's just me, but I can't really make head nor tail of that traditional Russian music. I mean, what was that? Didn't understand a word of it. Anyway, before we move on, let's do competition stuff. Now, last week, I gave you the chance to win an item of your choice, anything you wanted from the Ars Blog online store by answering a question about should Danny Alves be, I think, killed or ground up and served on a bed of Didier Drogba, something like that? And the answer, of course, was yes, he should. And any other answer that included a different way to punish him, well, that was also accepted. Before I'd give you the winner... Let me just say to Alex, and I won't give his surname here, but Alex, um, enter once and you've got a chance of winning the competition. Enter twice, I'm going to delete one of your entries. Enter 60 times over the course of the week and you're going to get disqualified. And especially after I deleted about 50 of them and you send another 10 on the night I'm recording the thing, I'm definitely, definitely going to delete all your competition entries. So, Alex, if you want to enter one time and one time only, and that applies to everybody. I mean, it's it's funny. It happens quite regularly. You do a competition and someone decides, do you know what? Maybe if I send 200 emails, I'll have a better chance of winning. No, the only better chance you have is of me thinking you're a cunt and deleting all your emails and you having absolutely no chance of winning the prize. Anyway, uh, the winner that the random number generator picked out was uh, Trolls Henrik Balslev Krag from Denmark. So well done to you, Trolls. Uh, who wants an Arsblog red t-shirt in large, and that is what he should get. But Trolls... Let me ask you this, and let me ask you nothing else. Do you know what happened to Nana Björk Larsen? If you do, you should probably tell Sarah Lund, trolls. Um, sorry. I spent a lot of time over the last little while watching a Danish uh, TV show um, called The Killing, which I think they're doing in the US now. But it's, uh, it's good stuff. You should watch it, even with subtitles and all that kind of stuff. It's good. Uh, so, well done, Trolls. I'll get you your uh, prize in the post today, and it should be with you early next week. Now, the one thing I was going to talk to you about was the fact that if you do buy something from the Arsblog online store, anybody who buys something will go into a draw every month for an exclusive Arsblog engraved iPod shuffle. Um, and because it's the 200th anniversary, not anniversary, that would make me as old as Gunnar Hollick, which I'm not, uh, the 200th Arscast, maybe I'll give one of these away, because I've got some here. Here they are. So, if you would like to win an Arsblog engraved iPod Shuffle, silver and black, in this little box here and everything, just answer the following question. One of the characters on the Arscast down the years has been the man in the something. So, is it the man in the moon? The man in the grocery store? The man in the hardware place, the man in the bar, or the man in the local library taking out a book on filleting. So which is it? Send your answer, please, to competition at arsblog.com. That's competition at arsblog.com. One entry per person, if you don't mind. And the winner on next week's show will get themselves one of these fantastic Arsblog engraved iPod shuffles, and if you uh, can't stand to wait that long, all you need to do 
is buy something from the Arsblog store, which is store.arsblog.com, and you will be entered automatically into a draw uh, to win one of these iPods. So go look, store.arsblog.com and competition.arsblog.com for your entries. If you want me to repeat the question, tough luck, I can't remember it. Uh, you'll have to go back and listen. Now, this guy. It's the Nick Benno Show with me, Nick Benno. I'm deadly. Hello there. I'm Mick Benner, and I'm the greatest striker that ever lived. I'm better than Daly and Atkinson, Paolo Wanchop, Mickey Quinn, and Bebeto. I'm here on the 200th anniversary of the Arscast, but as well as being the greatest striker that ever lived, I'm the greatest blogger and podcaster. Not many people know that I invented blogging and podcasting in 1987, before the internet had even been invented. I get up in the morning, take out a piece of paper, and write down my thoughts in a concise and witty manner. Then I go on the streets and distribute it to people all over the world, and they'd say, Oh, McBanner, McBanner, even though I don't know what a blog is, I love your blog, I love you, will you have my babies? And I would say, no, sir, I don't want to have your babies, and it's physically impossible for us to do so anyway. Then I go back to my room and I take out my tape recorder and I take out a BASF 60 and I'd record my thoughts and then I duplicate it on my double tape deck or when my double tape deck wasn't working I get two single tape decks with a five pin in and I distribute the tapes and people will go Oh McBen, oh, your voice, it's so amazing, you're the greatest podcast artist I ever lived and I'd say I know So well done to the Arscast on 200 episodes but remember you know Mick It's the Mick Show with me, Mick I'm deadly. So it's Stoke City on Sunday and two teams that, you know, I think you could say they're fairly evenly matched. They like to play football the same way, get the ball on the ground, intricate passing, little triangles. Oh no, hang on. One of them just likes to throw the ball as far as they can towards their giants. That'd be them. And to be fair, it's not something we've always dealt with particularly well. You'd hope that we might deal with it a bit better on Sunday. There is this undercurrent that runs through this game every time these teams meet now because of what happened with with Lenny and Aaron Ramsey. So great to see Aaron back. But when you think about the time that he's lost in his career, it still gets a bit annoying. It kind of sticks in your craw a little bit. And while I appreciate what Hollick is saying about putting that to one side and concentrating on the football, you can be guaranteed that this is going to be an issue. The fact that Lou Macari brought it up in midweek and said, wouldn't it be a fantastic gesture for Aaron Ramsey to come out and say he forgives Ryan Shawcross? Um... Wouldn't it be much better for Shawcross to accept the fact that he plays football in a way that endangers other professionals? Would that not be better than Ramsey saying something he didn't mean? And what I really like about Aaron Ramsey is that he hasn't gone and said, well, you know, he really didn't mean to hurt me. And it's like, fuck you. You broke my leg in two. Fuck you. And I like that about Aaron Ramsey. And it's going to come up in the press conferences, and Arsene, I'm sure, will try and play it down. And it'll come up with Tony Pubis, and I I don't know what he'll say. He might say, we should forget it and move on. Or he might get his back up, or he might wind things up a little bit more. Who knows? 
And Shaw Cross, well, you know, he's already said, uh, I'll react to any stick I get. It'll make me play better. Which, of course, is one reason not to do it. But the other reason to do it is that he's a fucking disgusting Neanderthal cunt of a footballer who robbed Aaron Ramsey of 12, 14 months of his career. And the Arsenal fans who were at the Stoke game that time and the Arsenal players who were there will remember the Stoke fans giving Ramsey grief going off with his broken leg. And they'll also remember how we dragged ourselves back into that game. Bender's header. Sesk's penalty. Thomas Vermaelen's goal and Thomas Vermaelen could be back. And that day, I felt really proud of the team. And I'm sure a lot of people did as well. Despite what happened to Ramsey, I was really, really proud of our reaction. If you watch the videos of those goals, there's one of them where Saul Campbell is going fucking mental. He's going mad. And it's brilliant and so brilliant to see. And we need maybe a little bit of that. And there's nothing wrong, I think, with a bit of hatred in football, a bit of hatred for the team that you're playing against. I think it's a good thing, a positive thing in a way. You want to do well against them because you can't bear the idea of losing to them. And I think that's something that this Arsenal team can take into that game. It's wrong to focus entirely on Shawcross and Ramsey. Absolutely. There's a lot more to it than that. Maybe Stoke will be distracted by the cup final. We've got to keep going and win the games. We've got to maybe build a little bit on the Manchester United result. I know it might be too little too late. But you know what? Of all the teams in this football league, of all of them, the ones at the top and the ones at the bottom and the ones in the middle, I hate Stoke the most at the moment. I really do. I just can't bear them. I can't stand the sight of them. I can't stand the way they play. I can't stand the way they reacted to the Ramsey injury. I can't stand the way that you still see things like uh, when Ramsey broke his leg as if he was careless enough to smash his shin off Shawcross's foot as if it was something that he did himself. That there still hasn't been any real progress made when it comes to bad challenges. And we spoke about that thing during the week where the MLS banned a guy for a further nine games because of a terrible challenge. Nobody came out and said, well, he's not that kind of player. He might be a nice guy and he might do this, but he's still responsible for what he did on the football pitch. And the FA and the Premier League still haven't learned their lesson. that players need to be made responsible for what they do on the pitch. And Shawcross is the ultimate example of that. He's not that kind of player. He's a good guy. He got phone calls from Wayne Rooney and Sir Alex Ferguson and Stephen Gerrard and got called into the England squad. Meanwhile, Aaron Ramsey sits there spending 14 months out of football. Yeah, we'll work that one out. Who's the cunt here? So while... It's wrong to focus entirely on that. It's still a big factor. And I hate Stoke and I hate Shawcross and I hate Pubis and I want our players to go out there and I want them to remember what happened that night on that pitch and why it happened. Let's play them off the park, but let's show them up for the fucking cunts that they are. The fucking cunts. And Shawcross, fuck me. As long as players who play like him are excused and condoned, and defended, and you have idiot fuckwits like Lou Macari trying to put it back on Aaron Ramsey. In fact, somebody, I can't remember, and I apologize if you're the guy who showed me this on Twitter, um, 
somebody blamed it on Bentner because Bentner apparently touched Shawcross before he went to get the ball. And if Bentner hadn't have touched Shawcross, he would have got the ball and Ramsey would have been fine. So it was all Bentner's fault. I mean, how do you how do you cope with logic like that other than to smash the fuck out of them on the football pitch? And let's hope that we can stick four past them or five past them as they've got one eye on the cup final. Nobody's going to want to get sent off or nobody's going to want to get injured. Their thuggish, intimidatory football will hopefully not be as effective. And let's hope that we step up on the day and win the game. So there you go. So that's about that, to be honest. I don't know what else to say other than I really hope we kick the fuck out of them on Sunday, one way or the other. So until the next Arscast, as we head into the third century of Arscast, I just want to say thank you to everybody who listens every week. Uh, Many of you, well, some of you, well, perhaps one or two of you have listened from the very start. And I thank you very much for putting up with 200 of these. Uh, Let's hope for plenty more. Uh, And thanks very much to everyone who's listened and continues to listen. It's very, very much appreciated. Um, So that's it. Uh, I'll talk to you on the blog, of course, all week, all next week, and on next week's show. So until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. And Shawcross is a cunt. Look at what the cat dragged in If it isn't the arse blogger himself Staggering around the place With a bottle of Aspie Spumanti What are you celebrating? What? 200 episodes at 200 episodes? Really? Jesus Christ Time flies when you're having fun What? Oh, oh I remember all my player histories Good times, good times indeed. Until I got too busy running me very own bar. Oh, Jesus, we're so busy now. We just had the 2011 Farmer's Wives competition. Whoa, there was some hairy legs there, let me tell you. And I'm not talking about the farmers. So what you want to do? Oh, you want to talk about my favourite moments down the 200 episodes, do you? Well, I suppose if I had to think about it. My top three, well, there were the monkey breakdancers, so I enjoyed them a great deal until one of the monkeys went spastic and ripped the face off the barman. Uh, He wasn't too happy now, the owner, about that. Kind of brought about getting this place so he could do what I liked. Then there was the time Frank Stapleton came in, do you remember? Oh, we got him absolutely shit-faced and gave him a wedgie. Oh, this screams out of him. Oh, me balls, me balls, oh, me balls, oh, me hole, me hole. That'll teach you to go sign for Man United, you fucking pox bottle. 
And then, of course, there was that time we went home with Limpy Joe. Do you remember? <laughs> now, Limpy Joe, for those of you who don't know, was a Manchester United fan. We let him hang around with us all the same because he was not averse to putting his hand in his pocket and buying the drinks. And that's not a bad thing in any bar. Anyway, he got so drunk one night we decided it would be hilarious to tattoo the Liverpool crest all over his chest. Took ages it did. Indian ink wasn't particularly artistic, but it worked. The only problem was the next morning when he got up, he was dead. Choked on his own vomit, apparently, although I've never seen vomit look quite so much like lemon curd. Don't know what could have happened. Anyway, those are my highlights of 200 hours casts, which tells you pretty much everything you need to know about the hours cast. Get over there and get yourself a Jaeger bomb, you big bollocks. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.